spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 234th annual Subliminal Social Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody and my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Enjoyed a, um, I would say, lighter Super Bowl in, in terms of food. Um, mm. Only three items, you know, nothing too crazy. I, um, I made cinnamon rolls and I made ham and cheese sliders, which I gotta say, underrated. Easy to make and very tasty. Uh, did uh, did you have any spectacular Super Bowl food? No, uh, I just I hung out at my sister's house. We watched the game. I brought over. Uh, let's see, chicken wings, uh, jalapeno poppers, Ooh. a uh, a pizza that we doctored up with some pepperoni cheese and all the stuff. I will say though. Uh, one of my two beefs actually that I was going <laughs> to talk about today is actually comes up right now. Uh, there is a company called farm rich that makes kind of like frozen food, uh, stuff that you can either air fry or deep fry. Uh, I've had their potato skins. Once I was not impressed. I gave them one more shot. They had a new product. They had cheese curds Ooh. and I saw those and I was like, I haven't seen frozen cheese curds in any grocery stores out here. So I had to try them. And I will say they were the worst fucking <laughs> cheese curds I've had in my entire life. Like, like not even close. Like, honestly, living out here, the bar is already so low for cheese curds. But like, have, you've had Hot Pockets before, right? Yeah, of course. Imagine cheese curds made with the same crust that a Hot Pocket comes like wrapped in. Yeah, not like it's kind of like uh, leathery bread. That's the best way I can describe it. Yes, that's exact. The taste was perfect. It was exact same. Now I will say they were not fried; they were air fried. So that might have had something to do with the taste. Uh, I actually tried one right away when they were like hot out of the air fryer, and it was not good. I tried it again five minutes later when they cooled down. Same exact thing, just a little cooler. It, the <laughs> taste was fucking terrible. There was an entire tray of cheese curds. Between me and my sister, we ate maybe six of them. Ooh, not good. Not that bad. Um, You know, I'm just going to say this, and uh, it really wouldn't be that hard for you to construct your own homemade cheese curds. Um, you should try maybe before. do... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you make the batter cheese i think you gotta freeze them maybe before you cook them or something and then you're good to yep, go you, you double dip them in the batter you freeze them yeah. uh, separate obviously if you freeze them you know, all clump together they're gonna you know you're gonna have to break them apart but you basically wax paper in between them and then kind of like do it like eggs and it you know how you like kind of make little like shells with them uh, yeah. layered on top yeah, yeah yeah so basically you freeze them and then when you fry them 
they don't break up, they don't explode, and they come up nice and crispy. Mm. It's perfect. Mm. Yeah. Did you but get? I will say zero zero stars out of a billion. Okay. They were the worst fucking cheese curls. There you had. go, farm rich. That's what you get for your fucking asses. Um, <laughs> you fucked me over two times. <laughs> I'm done with you. I I uh, wonder. Oh, go ahead. One thing I was gonna ask for the sliders. Did you use the Hawaiian buns? Of course. The, no, it, I've done that before. With uh, I made these like brisket sliders and i basically cut the the six pack of them i cut them in half opened it up like put the brisket in there put the cheese put everything and then um put them in the air fryer and broiled them for a minute it's perfect it's good Hmm. yeah um i will say though and maybe this will be a little beef with king hawaiian i think that's the guy people who make them so you sons of bitches all right, so you get a normal thing of Hawaiian buns. I believe there's like 12 to 15 in the normal-sized thing. Yeah. Well, they have uh, specially made slider buns, okay? Um, and so I got them. I'm like, oh, these will be more convenient because they're designed to be sliders, right? And yep. these cocksuckers only include nine in that one. Instead of the regular twelve to fifteen in the other one, um, but charge the same price. So, King Hawaiian, I know what the fuck you're doing. Stop it. Were they pretzel buns? No, they were not pretzel buns. Okay, I would say if they were pretzel buns, it'd be worth it. But uh, yeah, I guess Kamehameha, you're on notice. So, <laughs> Farm Rich, I have King Hawaiian. You're done. <laughs> So I have one more, one more uh, beef okay. before we get into it. Now. All right, that wasn't even my main beef. <laughs> so at, at work, we, you know, I, I talk about um, we, at work we have like a cafeteria that serves breakfast and lunch, yeah. right? Yeah, that you pay for. So normally, not a lot of people there on Friday. They'll usually have like either burger bar, uh, hot dog bar, pasta bar, nacho bar, something like that. So in, you know, with the Super Bowl happening, they wanted to have like a Super Bowl themed kind of spread. So basically they had like a hot pretzel. They had waffle fries. They had other things. They also had one of my favorite foods, which is brats. Ooh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Problem is these people, I don't think they've ever been to like, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, <laughs> even Michigan. They had. Here's what they had for brats. They had the, you know, overcooked brats that had basically shrunk down to nothing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. With the bread for the brats, instead of just having like regular hot dog buns, which are perfect for brats, what they did was, oh, we've got plenty of these buns that we use for like the Philly cheesesteaks. Like the really big, like <laughs> yeah. ones that look like they're a half a loaf of bread. Yeah. Yeah. Those. They were all like they're dried out. They were too big for the brats that were too small. Then for the toppings, guess what they had? Well, it's anything that anything that you're thinking, they didn't fucking have it. There was no <laughs> cheese, no onions, no fucking relish, no nothing. What they did have was peppers and onions, like a medley type shit, like right next to it for you to put on top. So, so it sounds very disappointed. It sounds like what they did was all the leftovers from earlier in the week. <laughs> they just had brats and then took the green onions and peppers or the from the Philly cheese. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, Oh, I think people put this on their brats. (laughs) I don't, are you a sauerkraut guy? I don't remember. Uh, Ooh, I have to be in the mood. Okay. So mostly I'm a sauerkraut guy when it comes to Rubens, 
Okay. Not brats. I hate. So the thing is, I like brats so much that sauerkraut will ruin it. But with the Reuben sandwich, it brings it out. So did they have sauerkraut there or no? No. What, no, I, everything you thought they would have, like like spreadable cheese, shredded cheese, sauerkraut, mustard, even none of it. They had none of that there. Wow. Well, um, we're going to issue an apology to the Hirschberger family in Wisconsin, who is now dying from them <laughs> spitting on their German heritage right now. Um, we're sorry, guys. Uh, just pretend you didn't hear that. The, the Arizona. I heard that they're probably beating their wives as we speak right now, just out of anger. <laughs> oh man, it's Arizona. They don't know any better, guys. Just stop it, please. They're fine. All right, all right. Let's get into it. All right, let's go. On this week's installment of Sub D, we will be returning to the world of paranormal activity. Moreover, the trickster spirit known as a poltergeist. Now, we have covered on uh, quite a few episodes, you know, in the dealings with the poltergeist, and the poltergeist always have their own unique flair. Now, one aspect that is unique to this story is the heavily, heavy involvement of the local police department and the local and national news, which, to me, may or may not give the story more credibility, seeing as generally police officers and journalists love to discredit people uh, basically so they can make fun of them behind their back. So if they're experiencing some paranormal stuff and these people love to tell you that it doesn't exist, I don't know. Does it give it more credibility or not for you? Ooh, if they, if they experience something and then actually like talk about it. Yeah. Possibly. The only, I would say the people who are worst at this are local politicians Ah, and kind of like putting this shit down, especially with like the alien stuff. So think about a bizarro dimension where Zach Baggins, alternate galaxy, Zach Baggins actually spends his entire time trying to disprove paranormal things. Could you, could you imagine a world like that film? So he's basically a shill discreditor instead <laughs> yeah. of a shill believer. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? I actually, this week I was looking into because I'm like, we have to do Zach Baggins one of these days, right, for an episode. And I swear to God, all his stuff, I don't know if he's paid Google or something, but like it won't tell you anything about him. It just directs you to his book that they want <laughs> you to buy. Like, I, I don't I don't know. Like, he's blocked every website from talking about him unless you want to buy his book. That's a, I believe you can actually bribe Google to do oh, that I'm for sure. your business. You can get rid of all of your bad reviews. You can have, even if you say, like, why does this company do the worst things you can possibly think of? And then it just brings you straight to their fucking, you know, uh, fluff pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to experience a r- literal nightmare... Try to Google anything like, how would you say it? Like looking deeper into biblical things that might be bullshit. It is impossible to find a descending opinion website (laughs) in regards to any religion. It is, it's truly insane. You have to go to like page 20 to find any website that can talk remotely bad about Jesus or any of that. I will say the Super Bowl commercials from this weekend, I only really caught the one 
Um, I was maybe trying to make the pizza during the second one that was supposed to have come on the the feet washing. Yeah, the commercial. feet washing. Excellent. Yeah. I will I will say it was not that preachy, and it was actually kind of a nice little message. I, I was not uh, like the la- the ones last year were super preachy. But, yeah, yeah, that one was not bad actually. I, I mean, it definitely made me laugh, and I guess I applaud them for like the inclusivity of it. You know, they had like a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. Gay couples. For some reason, old men washing their feet together. I don't know what was going on with that, but uh, the Planned Parenthood, yep, the, the abortion Israeli clinic, Palestine protests. The yeah, what the abortion clinic? Why are they washing the feet outside of an abortion clinic? I thought that was like their arch enemy. <laughs> it would be a lady who's about to get an abortion and a, a right wing abortion anti person, like both planting bombs outside of the abortion clinic. <laughs> yeah. But they're going to wash each other's feet beforehand um. <laughs> while lighting the fuse. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Continuing on here. Now, the story of the Indianapolis poltergeist all begins in the year 1962 as the title says it is in fact in indianapolis the home of all the action is going to take place and the location is 22910 north delaware street the house is considered to be a singly single family home which is a little bit of a stretch because it is a four bedroom two bathroom house you can see in the picture phil it's quite Quite large. Uh, It's one in a series of many kind of located in this neighborhood. The neighborhood is not that far from the downtown area of the city. A lot of the residences are historic in nature, being built in the 1900s. Uh, No surprise, old homes are kind of one of the main ingredients usually in quote-unquote haunted locations. Uh, and in this case, with the poltergeist haunting, it also has another common denominator in this particular type of haunting, a young girl. Okay, yeah, that's also a pretty key ingredient to a lot of the hauntings, yeah. especially in the, the movies, too. I will say it does look a little bit Victorian. Uh, it wouldn't be out of place if there was like a tower, like one of the bedrooms, <laughs> uh, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch kind of situation. Where you keep the stepdaughters, keep them up there. <laughs> Yeah, where you keep the unwed children, basically. Uh, yeah, the I four four bedrooms nowadays. You're like, wow, that's a that's a mansion. Back in the day, you know, that was a normal Irish family. <laughs> you just stuff as many kids in one of those homes as you can, or into as many of those rooms as you can. So, um, yeah, we got two rooms for the kids. We got one room for the mom and dad, and we got one room for dad's drinking. Um, the smoking den. Yeah, yep. the smoking den. <laughs> So, uh, when, when I was kind of like reading about the house and like, uh, the history of it, I guess, um, for those of you who live in big cities, I'm sure Phil, you can attest to this, like where the downtown is, there's always like a section from olden times when the city was kind of growing where there's just like, like you said, a whole shitload of Victorian style, what would be considered mansions today, uh, beautiful homes where the original kind of residents who worked in the downtown kind of kind of lived, you know what I mean? Big house, tiny yard, right up against the street. Yeah. Like barely even a sidewalk. Yeah. Like street, sidewalk, 
fence house. You know what? Basically, I, you know what I kind of hate, and I don't know if Phoenix does this, but um, a lot of those big old houses, instead of like selling them, they chop them into like duplexes or is it quadplexes? Is that the four apartment one? I can't remember what they call or, that. Or they'll do the the top bottom thing where they build a staircase in the backyard to the second floor and yeah. then have that be like a, a the top bottom style duplex. Yeah. Come on guys. That's a beautiful home. What are you doing? Chopping it up. Like I get you get more money out of it, but like, yeah, come on. Hey, they don't give a fuck. I make that money. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Now I know I mentioned the little girl and as we go through this, we're going to talk about her, but I want you to keep in mind She's more of like a back character, interestingly, um, but mm. she is there. So maybe she's the catalyst. I don't know. We'll we'll get into it. So the family that this story kind of revolves around um, all begins in 1950 or 1962 when a 32 year old woman named Renette Beck moved to Mini. Indianapolis in 1959. I'm going to keep saying Minneapolis versus Indianapolis. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, she moved here in 1959, um, but she would not move into this particular home until 1962. What is unique about Mrs. Beck is that she was actually an immigrant from Vienna, Austria. She was married to a man who was a U.S. embassy officer in Austria, and after they divorced for some fucking reason she decided i'm gonna go to the united states and move to indianapolis i ha i still to this day cannot figure out why that would be your number one choice but more power to her also living in the house would be renette's 13 year old daughter linda beck who is known for being very quiet and very shy as well as her 61 year old diabetic mother linda i Jem Jemek, I believe that's what it is. Now her mother's German from Germany, okay? And Linda was a wealthy widow who had a very strong dislike for Americans. And she kind of <laughs> fit into that uh German stereotype of being very strong-willed and heavily opinionated. Uh neighbors would claim that they would often hear Lena yelling from inside of the house. So she is a grumpy old German grandma. She'll fit right in in Indianapolis. <laughs> well known for its diversity and culture. Yeah. And just kidding. It's it's all it's all Midwestern fucking. Look, I know. I'm. I guarantee Indianapolis has some beautiful places in it. But the time yeah. I drove through it, I, it looked a little rough. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, they have the races and the Pacers, and that's yeah. kind of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they got the Colts, too. Uh, Lucas Oil Stadium is one of the ugliest stadiums <laughs> in all of uh, pro football, though. I think Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck literally held that <laughs> team together, to be honest. like, If it wasn't for Peyton Manning, they would have moved, yeah. probably. Yeah, which say. is yeah. sad because I think they moved originally, <laughs> too, right? Or no. That was Baltimore. They moved from Baltimore. Baltimore they to... moved from Baltimore to Indianapolis. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, in the middle of the night. <laughs> Very famous story. Have you have you been to Indianapolis? No, I've never been there. Okay. I've never been besides to airports. I've never been east of Chicago. Okay. All right. Well, maybe you got to go to Ohio, uh, Kentucky, 
Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. You got to go check all that yeah. shit out, Phil. I've been to Philadelphia, their airport. So I will say <laughs> the people inside the airport were just as rude, I imagine, as the people out. So <laughs> you are probably right. <laughs> now, the very first incident started on March 11th, 1962, and it doesn't really seem to have any sort of what usually there's like a trigger event that kind of brought on the activity. It just kind of just starts, which is interesting. So the action would all kick off around 10 p.m. that night. The three women from the telling of the story were all sitting either in the kitchen or near the kitchen of the home. They would witness a very old German Stein rise out of the kitchen sink, fly across the room, and land behind a flower pot. It's unclear if it's shattered or not. It is German. Maybe it held up. I don't know. At first, they weren't sure exactly what to think, but... To give them credit, they weren't initially jumping to paranormal activity quite yet. Around 10.37 p.m., they would hear a loud crashing noise coming from the upstairs. When they went to investigate, one of Lena's crystal glasses that had been sitting on a shelf had mysteriously fallen off, shattered all all over the floor. Now, after this happened, the three ladies, smartly, I guess, decided to leave their home and just go ahead and stay in a hotel for the night. Let things cool down a little bit at home. Okay. I will say, if the stein was in the stink, if the stein was in the sink, that means that they were using it, so possibly a little bit drunk. Uh, (laughs) Not the first time in a German house that the stein flies across the room, I imagine. Ironically... You talking about brats. I want everybody to know mm. Phil has no idea what we're going to really be talking about. So the synchronicity with him bringing up brats and then <laughs> this home, which probably reeked of brats and sauerkraut and beer. Um, complete coincidence. A fridge full of sauerkraut, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Olino <laughs> is hanging, the, hanging them brats in the basement, probably aging them downstairs. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Now, one source claims, this is one source, now this is not all of them, they claim, while yes, this weird stuff happened, they fled the home because, not necessarily because of the paranormal activity, but apparently because their neighborhood had been experiencing a lot of burglaries, so initially they thought there was a burglar in their home. They okay. W- they would return around 1 p.m. the following day, assuming that perhaps if said burglar was there by now, hopefully he had left the home. Upon their return, more weird things almost immediately started happening. A large glass glass ashtray flew completely across the living room and just hit, hit the wall, shattered in a million pieces. Assorted glasses and other breakable items flew in the kitchen and broke into a million pieces. A hot full cup of coffee apparently flew across the room hit hit the wall right above lena's head and shattered almost hitting her after feeling they had nowhere else to turn they finally called up johnny law to come see if the old coppers could help him out okay their first instinct was to call the police so not mm. Irish, definitely. <laughs> uh, Irish would have probably called up the priest. <laughs> Very true. You know what's ironic? 
Not a single priest in this story. Wow. Can you believe that? Honest honest to God. When we have never, I don't think we've ever talked about a paranormal story where some sort of religious figure isn't involved at some point. Yeah, normally they're uh, (laughs) kind of jumping through the windows trying to get on in this action. (laughs) But yeah, I will say, well, I, I believe, I don't know about Indianapolis, I believe most Midwestern towns, even in Indiana, have the the two Catholic church system. They have one for the Germans and one for the Irish for even oh, back then. Okay. Okay. So I wonder if maybe they weren't, maybe they weren't Catholic or they weren't very religious at all, which I mean, uh, I don't know how long they had been living under communism before they came out here. I believe. <laughs> so if, I don't know what part of Germany the, the grandma was from, but I believe Austria was part of uh, the Soviet Union. Really? From, yeah. One of those bloc countries, I think. I'm not exactly sure, but I believe it became one of the bloc countries. Would it Would it be weird if there was a U.S. embassy while it was part of the USSR? Well, no. They, they would have had embassies. Okay. Okay. So there's even, there's embassies in like Russia during the time. So do like you th- they have embassies. Do you think there's a Ukrainian embassy still functioning in Russia right now? No. When the war happens, they clear them the fuck out. Okay. Both sides. Okay. All right. All right. Good for clearing me, clearing that up. I did not know that, but uh, kind of continuing on yeah. here. So <laughs> they're, they're not going to keep Ukrainian citizens inside of Russia <laughs> while Russia is actively invading Ukraine. Yeah. No, there's no way. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So, kind of the the paranormal activity that is starting. Uh, when you hear poltergeist, it's always like a lot of throwing shit around. You know what I mean? I don't know why, but it's always throwing shit around. Yeah. Normally, a poltergeist doesn't come in this hot though. Normally, that, it's little things. It's yeah. kind of like kind of like fucking with you a little bit. You know, the, like moving things around, hiding things, that kind of shit. It's it's normally not you know, uh, barnstorming shit. Like normally that is when it gets really bad is when shit starts flying around. So what, what's it really interesting about this one? It just like comes in hot and leaves really quickly as well. So, um, this whole story yeah. takes place over the span of like maybe a week and a half. So, Oh wow. Yeah. It's, okay. It's like intense and then gone. Um, but there might be a reason for that, which we will talk about in the end here. But, uh, now we got to start talking about the police because the police are kind of a little funny in this story. We'll just say so um, police arrive on March 12th after they were contacted by the family. The first officer on the scene was a Sergeant John Mullen. Uh, he would lay eyes upon the destruction in the home. Obviously all the shattered shit fucking everywhere. He saw the three women who occupied the home. They were in a very terrified state, naturally. Now, Sergeant John Mullen, after he kind of saw the glass broken everywhere, he he decided he had figured out the cause of the destruction. Mullen said that said damage had to have been caused by either one of two sources. Number one. A high, a hi-fi stereo. Okay, that's his, yep. that's his number one or number two is a pellet gun. He uh, he believed they were playing music so loudly that it shot items across the house so- somehow, some way. I don't even 
know how this man would think that. Um, but the family only had one small record player, so that didn't really make sense. And if someone outside of the women was shooting any sort of gun into the home, uh, there, the windows should have been shattered, right? There was no yeah. shattered windows. So if someone was firing, it had to be one of these people from inside the house. Yeah, I will say, I don't think uh, 1962 hi-fi stereos, it's not quite <laughs> like the opening scene from Back to the Future, where it's basically the size of the room, the uh, the speaker that blows out all the windows and shit. Do you think this officer like saw a RCA commercial and he <laughs> saw the guy with his hair blowing back on the chair and he's like, fuck, that's what this... 61-year-old diabetic must be doing, just blaring her oldies on the stereo and just causing destruction. The favorite song from her childhood, My Little Sunshine, (laughs) blasting that. She just, well, knowing her her age and stuff, she might be playing some Nazi orchestra music. I can't say for sure, but um, yeah. Yeah, actually, okay, yeah, that's more likely. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just, when I read that, I'm like, this guy cannot be fucking serious, but I guess maybe for the technology that was available to them at the time, this was a plausible explanation. Yeah. He's maybe just kind of pulling at straws here, trying to figure out what's going on. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't just automatically assume it was domestic violence. Mm. You know, nowadays that's exactly what they would assume. Yeah. They would just go straight to it. We are in the post attitude era though. Very true. Very very They're in true. the leave it to beaver time, though. <laughs> well, okay, let's say 60s cop, right? Um, yep. Obviously, and I'm not saying this is right in any way, shape, or form, but there is a lot higher, quote-unquote, acceptable limit of your husband beating your wife or kids or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, there's no man in this house, so would yep. that affect his opinion? Well, I mean, you do have a crazy old German lady, yeah, you know, yeah, who, you know, if he honestly, he if he meets that woman for probably five minutes, I imagine uh, a tirade comes out. <laughs> so just from what uh, you described her as, yeah. So if she hate- can imagine, maybe it's he'll he'll think it's coming from her. He well, she hates the Americans, obviously. Like I said, um, hopefully he checked uh, Renette and and Linda for like bruises they were shaped like sausages in case grandma <laughs> was beating him with bratwurst um hopefully not i i there's no vi- there's no domestic violence as far as we know but hopefully a mr yeah. mr mullen uh looked into that check the closets for one of those hitler youth female outfits <laughs> oh my see if god. she's still uh <laughs> sporting that Oh my god! Actually, you know, well, we're gonna revisit that at the very end to see if maybe uh, the Americans were a little, a little uh, sour on the German people at this time. Still, now, okay. Uh, Mullen apparently left. There was another officer who'd come to the home named Ray Patton. Apparently, Patton was invest- investigating the house for himself when he heard something crash upstairs. He went to investigate, and he saw that. A glass figure of a swan had fallen off of a shelf or something and obviously shattered into pieces. Now, the story goes that he apparently did a sweep of the room. Nobody is in the room. He was leaving said room 
when all of a sudden a piece of glass flew out of the room, hit him in the back, and hit him with enough force to leave a bruise on him. That is how the story goes. Obviously, I don't know how true it is, but uh, apparently it had that much like just velocity. It just smoked him in the back. I imagine there was a little bit of uh, on-the-job drinking that was pretty uh, per <laughs> usual back then. Maybe his billy club just kind of knocks something off the table. Oh, it, shit! Uh, g- g- ghost! <laughs> Patton's just drunk as a skunk, and <laughs> he tripped over, tripped over himself and just thought, uh, oh, fuck, I broke her glass one. I don't want this German lady screaming at me. Oh, I, I found another uh, broken uh, figurine over here. <laughs> You know what I was thinking? I'm like, why did these people have so many glass items in their home? Like, everything seems... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you did say that um, she got quite a bit of money from the ex-husband, or you said, I couldn't tell if she divorced or was widowed. Uh, Renette is divorced, okay? The mother. Yeah. And Grandma is a wealthy widow. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so I'm guessing um, the wealthy widow status of the old lady. Maybe she was into glass figurines. So that's still pretty popular today, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I guess my grandma who <laughs> was had a lot of figurines. You know what I mean? So maybe yeah. it was just a thing with the time. You know what? Something just hit me when I was telling you that wealthy widow um, husband probably. If she was in Germany the whole time, uh, husband might have been, you know, a soldier for a certain <laughs> army who um, may have gotten wealthy off stolen goods. I don't know. Just saying. Oh, you mean a, a horde of gold teeth, perhaps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't even think about that till now, but I'm like, well, it could be. Uh, Lena, we want to know who the hell your husband was, to be honest. So you're basically thinking that maybe she wasn't a widow at all. Her husband was just kind of chilling out in uh, South America. Could be. Could be. Chilling um, out in Chile. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. It just, I don't know. I'm not saying he necessarily was a Nazi soldier, but the timeline seems a little weird. We would feel pretty bad, actually, if it turned out they were actually, like, had escaped the death camps and shit yeah. like that. I, yeah. Hope. I don't know if you did any extra research on that part. No, but. There, I'll tell you what. This story does not give a fuck about the people outside of okay. the, the ghost story. I swear to God, you could search this lady's name up and down. You're not going to find anything. Um, But ah, yeah, either speculation, my yeah. favorite. We'll just say um, we're not saying her husband was a Nazi. We're not saying her husband was a hero or a prisoner. We don't know what happened. It just we're assume. He was somehow, some way involved with World War II. That's what I would assume. Maybe not. I don't know. I will say before we move on, I really do hope uh, it's a cornerstone of every Midwestern home, uh, especially growing up. We saw a lot of these, those green glass, like serving dish kind of deals that like every single home had. Hopefully theirs did not break. The uh, Are you talking about the uranium glass? Yeah, the ugly ass green yeah, glass. Yeah, like it's a cl- yeah, serving dish. Thing. It's a yeah. collector's item now, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine like every single home you went into used to have one of those. Yeah, I swear, all yeah. of my relatives had one. We had one. 
Yeah, yeah. I uh, I wonder what like let's just say the kids who maybe are being just born right now and will be mm-hmm. old as shit. What are they gonna think about our uh, glassware and stuff? You know, <laughs> I you kind of think about that. I mean, obviously ours is such cheap pieces of shit that it's not gonna make it to when they're adults. Oh, but uh, but old grandma's uranium glasses they uh, they held up pretty good. Yeah, the crappy dresses and shit that we get from IKEA and fucking home goods and shit. <laughs> yeah, that they're gonna remember like taking that shit out to the dumpster three years after having to help build it. Yeah, so I imagine. Yeah, yeah. that's what you got got to look forward to, kids. All right, now <laughs> with the police, uh, you know, investigating the home, kind of the word of mouth started to spread, and this is when the newspapers got involved. And when the newspapers got involved, this brought on paranormal sightseers who would literally gather outside of the home nightly. Uh, Other officers would kind of come into the home to try to figure out the mystery for themselves. Sergeant Mullins, he was not giving up on his belief that the stereo was causing the paranormal activity. So he actually had the officers bring in high frequency sound gear so they could kind of help detect if there was any large very loud noises that were causing the shelves to shake and apparently glasses to be thrown around everywhere. Uh, Of course, they found no sign of that at all. Uh, The the nightly sightseers were getting so bad, cops actually had to just stand outside and keep traffic moving just so there wasn't traffic jams probably on this tiny little street. Oh, all the looky-loos coming down the street. Yeah. I can't lie. I would probably be a lucky loot too, to be honest with you, but um, I would try to keep the flow of traffic going. Dude, living in Indianapolis, like what else is going on at this time? You know, but I will I will say high frequency sound gear for the detection of the sounds. I imagine at that time it was just kind of the, you know, the cadaver dogs that they <laughs> that the police station had. Yeah. Smell the sounds, boys. Smell the sounds. <laughs> They're the only thing that can actually hear the high frequency sound. It was probably one of the cops had like one of those really big ear horns and he just had to like sit there and see if he could hear a sound coming from where anywhere. I don't hear oh, nothing. Like from Sar- Wild Wild West. Yeah. I don't hear nothing, Sergeant. I don't hear nothing. <laughs> oh man. It's what's really ironic about this stereo theory, right? Like, do you remember in high school, the subs in the cars? How Jesus, yeah, like that would shake your whole body, and even that probably wouldn't knock things off the shelves, or at least it would take an extremely long time. And it's very apparent when music is that loud. Oh, definitely, yeah. That like it would you could feel your heart like miss beating, like missing <laughs> beats because that shit was so loud. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. I, I remember uh, Nate. He had a twelve hundred dollar car with about. $3,500 worth of stereo yeah, equipment in it. Yeah. That fucking piece of shit car. <laughs> Dude, well, that thing was loud, though. Oh, well, fuck. The thing about his car is it was a hatchback, right? So no trunk, yep. nothing. So the subs were literally right behind the seats. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we managed it, Phil. Like, we would literally get out of school. We would get in his car. He would blare music so loud you couldn't even hear anything but the bass. We'd be getting yep. high. And then somehow we would go to work after that. 
<laughs> I really don't know how he did it. And fucking back in a prime. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was about to I was about to say, I remember like driving around in that car, him playing music, but not hearing a single note. Yeah. All you hear is the goddamn bass just yeah. rocking your drums. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what to be a sixteen year old again. No. <laughs> no responsibilities. This is pretty great. <laughs> now, kind of the next big event that happened is quite a bit different than glasses being thrown or items being smashed, and it actually is something that you brought up, a disappearing item. Now, Mm -hmm. Mrs. Beck had noticed that her purse had mysteriously disappeared, and she just could not seem to locate it anywhere. Mrs. Beck was very concerned about finding said purse because it had $125 that she needed for the restaurant that she was owning and operating at the time. The police naturally helped her search the home for said purse. They looked in every nook and cranny, and they just could not locate this goddamned purse. On March 25th, nearly two weeks after the paranormal activity began, they would actually locate the purse when Lena, the grandma, had apparently just suddenly felt something brushing on her leg. When she looked down, it was her daughter's missing purse. But when Miss Beck opened the purse, she was a little sad because there was only 35 of the original $125 still in the purse. So Mr. Ghost got off with $90. That son of a bitch. <laughs> he went out and bought himself a pair of ghost pants. <laughs> no, I just imagine <laughs> the daughter, Linda, just kind of like moving it with her foot against her grandma's leg. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, oh, shit, there it is right there. Grandma's drunk and passed out, you know, high as fuck on sausage grease. And she just feels Kicking that burden. It into her leg. Yeah. She just feels it rubbing up against her leg. Uh I was good. I was gonna say I I, I kind of like half read as uh, you were talking about the $125 and then I read restaurant. And I was thinking to myself, you need $125 to go to a restaurant. You could buy like everyone a meal in that restaurant yeah, twice. No. At that time for 125 bucks. I think a burger back then was like a nickel. Yeah. No, it was for some she needed the money for her restaurant. Um, yeah, no, but, probably for wages for that <laughs> week. <laughs> She's got a whole host of very angry Austrian uh, individuals who are really looking for some money for the, all the work, work they're doing. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's the mysterious purse. It did disappear for a few weeks, and apparently they couldn't find it. Uh, money was missing, which I think the money missing part kind of makes you, you know, uh, look at it a little differently, in my opinion, because why would a ghost be taking money? But who am I to say here? Now, go ahead. Oh, I was about to say, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking immediately was um, if the the purse comes back with money missing, it, it might be a human. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't see it. Yeah. And it's that's fr- kind of why immediately you hear like 13 year old daughter uh in the house purse goes missing comes back and there's money missing you're thinking well probably the kid see here's the interesting thing i actually don't think it's the kid and okay. uh um we <laughs> we're very close to talking about uh old grandma here now 
I swear to God. I swear to God. Now, <laughs> Grandma's got to replace those precious moment figurines, yeah, doesn't she? I yeah. forgot. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes, she does. Now, there was another very strange and mysterious incident that also occurred uh, during this kind of two-week period here and was witnessed by the police officers when they were in the home. And that was when mysterious strange marks started appearing on all three of the women who lived within the home. Now, these marks that appeared on their hands and arms resemble that of tiny little bite marks, which included little puncture marks. Um, they didn't really have any logical explanation uh, to what this could be, okay? Obviously, the police being the police, they just wanted to document what they thought was happening, and they actually wrote it down as the girls were being bitten by a bat. This is no joke, um, but there is not... <laughs> A single, like, witness or an account of a bat being in the home, nor anyone ever seeing a bat. So the police, I, from my, when I'm reading, they just kind of were like, fuck it, it's a bat. We don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, if there's a bat that's in your home, I mean, if it's, obviously, if it's up in the attic, it's going to kind of stay up in the attic. But if it's in your home enough that it can fly down and, like, take little bites out of you during the middle of the night, you know you have a bat. Yeah. Like, it's not, I mean, it's not just a two o'clock in the morning thing. Okay, here's the other thing you got to remember. This is probably a cold march in Indiana as well. I, I, my understanding is that bats kind of hibernate during the cold times. So, I, I mean, yeah. I don't really think it'd be up and moving around if it was in their house. Um, also, Every single time there's been a bat in the house or in my house, people's houses, it doesn't really go around biting people. It's literally just trying to hide or get the fuck away from you. Hide or go outside. Yeah. 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 It's, it's <laughs> I will say, I'm surprised they didn't say maybe mice. They immediately said bat. It's a little odd. Could I mean, that would make more sense if it's a mouse, but I, I don't know. A mouse... I don't know if a mouse would just come up and nibble on you. I mean, maybe they would. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You would probably wake up. It would. You might. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> you'd feel it. They kind of got uh, sharp teeth. So like those yeah. little, little nubbies that like really bite the fuck out of you. Yeah. I will say, I don't know. Maybe. Do they have a cat? Oh, <laughs> there's no talk of a cat. Be- now a cat- cats are known to our cats are known to start chewing on people as yeah. they're sleeping to yeah. check to see if they can eat them yet yes yeah <laughs> either you're gonna feed me or i'm gonna eat you basically yes. we're gonna say real quick shout out gimli somebody will know that um so <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing if it was the cat why wouldn't they say it was a fucking cat biting them mm. maybe <laughs> Right. Could have been like Stinkfoot. Could have yeah. been a cat that just always hid yeah. from people. It was a half cat, half bat hybrid that it was terrorizing <laughs> this family. Oh no! Wait, what was that cat on the farm? That was sti- that was not Stinkfoot. That was Fat Cat. Yeah, the one fat that would cat. always like run and hide. Yeah, it would. It would hide. It would run between hiding spaces. Yeah, that cat did not like people at all. <laughs> that should have been an outside cat. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> That is a fucking Maine Coon. That motherfucker is not going to be surviving outside. But um, <laughs> if I put my cat outside, I'm pretty sure it would be dead within a week because it's so used to just being fed and 
spoiled. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's a single hunting instinct in that cat's body. Running up to random strangers, just asking for food, (laughs) demanding it come to him. Yeah. The cat has adapted the panhandler lifestyle at this point. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Now, getting back to this here. So, sign of uh, some other things that kind of happened during these few intense weeks of Portalgeist activity included feathers being ripped out of pillows, uh, pictures being ripped out of their frames. The walls and woodwork had been badly dented from objects hitting them uh, when they were being tossed. The house was truly in a state of complete chaos. And from the sounds of all these items being tossed around, I, I, I the family must not even have a single piece of glass left or anything that remotely resembles glass that isn't broken. Now, the polterge- poltergeist kind of came in hot, burned out quickly, like I mentioned, and one of the last days of the activity was on March 26th, 1962. The police officers received a call from a neighbor saying that they needed assistance because Lena Gemmick was laying on the floor in a semi-conscious state. So Lena here is not doing so hot so far. What is your prediction yeah. right now? Ooh, you said that she's German, right? So I'm <laughs> guessing just a normal day of drinking, she might have overdid it a little bit. So she's just foaming uh, uh, sausage grease out of her mouth on the floor. She refilled the stein a few too many times, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, but this is kind of where the story gets slightly confusing. All right, but bear with me. We're kind yeah. of in the scenario where. Lena is passed out on the floor. This is confirmed. Now, Mrs. Beck believes that she was kind of passed out because she was a diabetic and she was having a diabetic episode, probably low blood sugar or something to that manner. Now, Mrs. Beck was asking the police to take Lena to the hospital, but one of the officers that was on the scene during this incident claims that he had witnessed Lena throw a glass against the wall and kick over the piano stool. Presumably when she was either when she was passed out or either if they had got her uh, her blood sugar back under control, she was up. And then this cop apparently saw her do this somehow. I it's still confusing how he even witnessed this, but apparently he did. Now, because of the officer's claims, Lena was actually arrested on a charge of disorderly conduct instead of being taken to the hospital. And Mrs. Beck, Mrs. Beck was like begging her, do not take my 61-year-old diabetic grandma, <laughs> or my mother, to jail. But the cops didn't care. They shipped Lena to jail and she had to spend the night there. Honestly, this cop, I mean, back in those days, I imagine like any dude could just claim that uh, any woman was having a psychotic event and have them taken to the crazy house. So it's not too hard to imagine that a cop could make these claims. She may have been seizing out on the floor and she might have kicked the piano chair and then he claimed that That she she was being disorderly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like every website that talks about the story, it doesn't say when or how this cop saw this. There's like her passed out and then the cop apparently arresting her. Like, 
Where, yeah. where, where is, how do we get from passed out to being arrested? Yeah, I will say before the advent of the, uh, the, the cameras that cops were now, honesty was not like necessarily a common trait among true. police officers. True, very, very true. This cop was probably just sick of being in this house, honestly. <laughs> sick of having to come back every day yeah. for two weeks straight. Yeah. Wanted to just finally arrest somebody. <laughs> The you old German bitch, you're going to jail. <laughs> I imagine she was rude to them every moment yeah, that they were in that. Jail. Very true. Like, lady, you called me. <laughs> Probably a lot of pig noises, I would imagine. Or like fucking Americans, you know, something along those lines, I would imagine. She kept drawing little Hitler mustaches on herself <laughs> every time they would yeah. come over. <laughs> now, like I said, Lena's in jail. Um, it kind of sounds like she was arrested and then immediately saw a judge. It's kind of what it sounds like, but I'm not quite clear, but it's not quite clear. But either way, at some point, Lena had to go in front of a Marion County judge. And that judge decided he was going to require her to have a 90-minute psychiatric examination. After the examination, the judge would agree to release her. And he was going to drop all charges so she would not be in trouble. But there was one condition. That condition was that she had to go back to Germany within 10 days and never return. uh, Which Lena gladly agreed to. So she departed to her homeland of Germany. And she's just... This seems like pretty extreme. Like honestly, you're getting arrested for disorderly conduct. And the judge is literally deporting you. Like doesn't that seem a bit extreme? Also, too, does a does a local judge have that much power? I mean, there are stories back in the day where, like, the judge would order you out of town and then the cops would drive you to the city limits until you never come back. There's that. But you can't you can't force someone to leave the country. I mean, if they reside, was she an illegal alien at that time? I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean. Clearly, she must have got here somehow, like being the mother of, I I don't really know. I mean, we got to remember to 62, uh, civil rights wasn't really a thing. So I don't, you I mean, jokes aside, really, that's like the reality, right? Like, so I don't know if a local judge would have this much authority. Honestly, they were just kind of probably making it up as they went on. Probably. Well, he, I guess he could have been like, Either you go back to Germany or I'm just going to hold you in jail. Like maybe it was something like that. Oh, possibly. He was giving her like the option. He wasn't necessarily having it be like the county is buying you a ticket and forcing you onto a plane. No, no. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. He's giving her the option and she's saying, okay, I'll get the fuck out of here. Like (laughs) they're probably honestly, he could have put her in a fucking mental institution if he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, mental institutions back then, yeah, you great. don't last very long in those places. No, no, absolutely not. So <laughs> you, you thought your you thought your house was haunted. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Imagine your roommate is a grumpy old German woman. <laughs> you are gonna be her bitch. I guarantee it. Definitely. Now, uh, kind of with the psychiatric exam, this is kind of interesting. Uh, it was actually a police psychologist, apparently named Francis Dix. 
poor guy. Um, now, apparently what he did is he made all three women sit in the room for this for 90 minutes. Okay. He made them sit together. And then he just, he determined that if he could see them, strangely enough, no, no paranormal activity would happen. And if there was no paranormal activity happening, it had to be either Lena or the other women who caused this entire incident. Thus, I guess, insinuating that she did, in fact, have or break the law, I guess. If, if, you know what I mean? Wow. He is one hell of a scientist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, You're going to. Was it even in the house that he had them sit or was it? It, it sounded like it was in the in interrogation room. Yeah. So basically, if the poltergeist wasn't <laughs> fucking up shit around them, then it must be them doing the hoax. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you getting the impression that these police officers really don't want to be handling or like dealing with this? Yeah, it sounds like the fix is in. The, yeah. <laughs> like the cop was just kind of told, like, make up an excuse for us to have a, this psychiatric evaluation, which is. And then there's the whole kangaroo court situation where the judge orders the grandma back to Germany. You know, I, I should have looked up how corrupt Indianapolis was in the 60s, because uh, it sounds like a lot of hubbubaloo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say the fucking word. The entire time you're in the courtroom, it's uh, the Dukes of Hazard theme song is playing in the background. There's probably a lot of spittoons, a lot of spittoons, a lot of yeah. bottles with XX on them. You know, uh, I I don't know what the fuck is going on here, but uh, it just outside of the ghost stuff, the cops just seem I don't know, like they don't give a fuck. So basically, this psychiatrist is sitting in an interrogation room with these three women and if the ashtray doesn't start to shake then they're making up the whole thing yeah yeah okay good i hope this guy is like i mean if he's hired by the police department obviously he's going to rule in the direction that the police department want right well yeah he's getting a paycheck yeah so Like it's all not- of that's usually like those psychiatric examinations. They're most of them are predetermined. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's going to help them brush it under the rug. He's not going to be unbiased. He's going to yeah. be like, clearly you girls are faking it for some reason that is still yet to be determined. Yeah. Just look at, uh, uh, listening to a lot of like true crime podcasts. They always talk about, um, the prosecution will have their psychi- psychiatric evaluators and the defense will have their psychiatric evaluators. And basically those guys are just paid to say whatever yeah. the prosecution yeah. or the defense wants. And it's like, Oh, well they, they actually, they found uh, a psychiatrist who would say this. No, they found a psychiatrist who would take the money <laughs> and it's most of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you want a good example of this, watch the documentary, the staircase. Um, have mm. you ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen parts of it. It's been a while. It's been a while though. Woo. I've never seen a more people willing to just take this man's money to lie on court <laughs> <laughs> on the stand. But Oh uh, yeah. But it, it that's it's big business. Yeah, very true. And he was loaded, so of course they're gonna do it. Um yep. interesting you say talked about kind of the um 
two different opinions on uh, the psychiatrist or psychologist, I mean, um, because that's actually going to come up here, interestingly enough, again. So after the ruling was kind of out in the public, grandma's deported, uh, the local and national news naturally had a field day roasting and discrediting everything that had been claimed to happen, deeming it nothing more than a diabetic 61-year-old German lady playing dirty tricks. But there was a little bit of pushback from a family friend named Emil Nosada and his wife, who actually stayed in the home with the women for several days, kind of witnessing the paranormal activity with them as it was going on, and refuted the claims that Lena was the mastermind. But we do have confirmation after Lena went to Germany, there was not any more paranormal activity. So, I I mean, when that's confirmed, even by paranormal people, yeah, that seems a little funny. There are instances too where some people are just good at throwing their voice, um, you know, kicking the legs underneath the table, that kind of shit, making it, you know, um, it's. I mean. We've talked about it, what, three or four times yeah. already yeah. in different episodes. So, I mean, it's not that crazy to think about. So, normally, it's the uh, the young kids looking for attention. Yeah. But possibly the 61-year-old woman was maybe looking for attention, too. So, it seems, li- it seems like a weird thing, unless, I guess, Grandma was doing this because she wanted the family to return to Europe, I guess. <laughs> Um, which I guess she got her wish, but not the other ones. <laughs> grandma was probably say, after uh, the judge said, you have 10 days to go back to Germany. The grandma was probably like, hot damn. All right, kids, let's go. And then they just both kind of looked at her like, uh, I think he was talking about she's you. A, she's like, guten tag. <laughs> um, yeah, but <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it sounds good. Um, <laughs> So saying one little thing about kind of how the local and national news kind of jumped all over this and we're so ready to kind of discredit the the family. Did you watch the new Netflix? I believe it's a three part series on kind of like the Gone Girl case. I believe it's called American Nightmare. I haven't yet, but I heard it's good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, same thing kind of happened in that um, story where the news kind of like jumped over you know, jumped on top of this story and kind of discredited the whole idea of it actually happening and then having to eat crow, which I don't know that Nancy Grace lady, probably she never, you know, takes anything back. But <laughs> no, no, she was one of them apparently who was doing it. You know what? Um, I keep forgetting. We should talk about it in the beginning of the episode, maybe next week about that. Um, is it Lord Rael or Rael something another on uh, Netflix, the documentary about a cult? Where they like claim to clone a human and shit. Yes. So I watched uh, part of that first episode. It's the one where um, they are the alien cult where the the leader gets all of the women to walk around naked. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 They're they, they're selling that one pretty hard on Netflix. It, uh, I will say yeah. it's pretty it's pretty good. I did enjoy it, but also I'm fucked up in the head. So there's that. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I uh, so I binged the uh, Griselda and I binged that American Nightmare uh, okay. this weekend. All right. You so. would recommend American Nightmare? 
Yeah, I would recommend Griselda too. That was a great uh about La Madrina. That yeah, was a yeah. great fucking yeah. movie. I've watched something else on her before, but maybe I will uh something to do this Sunday now that there is no football on anymore. Some kind Cocaine of Cocaine <laughs> Cowboys. Yeah, it's great. But let's get back to it. <laughs> All right, we're going to close out here with kind of one last thing that happened, apparently, but this was only from one source, so take it uh, with a grain of salt, I guess. Now, apparently, the timeline in this, I'm guessing, is in between Lena being released from prison and Lena going to Germany. So sometime in that 10-day period here. Now, Mrs. Nosada, the wife who was kind of hanging out with the family during this time, she enlisted the help of a clinical psychologist named Dr. David Blumenthal and his associate, Dr. Roll, to kind of try to figure out for themselves if the three women were actually just tricking everyone. Now, apparently one night, the two men were in the home. They began to hear kind of this rapping noise coming from Lena's bedroom, but they, everybody was together in that moment, Okay. They eventually were able to duplicate the noise, which was a large picture that was above Lena's bed, kind of shifting back and forth. That is the noise that they heard while they were downstairs. Later that night, they conducted conducted an experiment where Dr. Roll stayed in the kitchen with Mrs. Beck. Her daughter, Linda, was sleeping in her bed, and Dr. Blumenthal was in Lena's bedroom along with Lena, and he was holding her hands to not allow her to move at all. And apparently all four of the adults here started to hear a series of weird knocks that they could not explain. And they kind of ruled out Lena because the guy was holding her hands and stuff and was not really possible for her to be doing this. Okay. Okay. In 1972, Dr. Roll had extensively researched the entirety of the paranormal case. He would go on to write a book called The Poltergeist where he debunked some things and there was things that he was unable to debunk. Does this mean that the poltergeist is 100%? No, I don't think so. But on the same hand, there's a lot of things that kind of make you wonder, is it actually just all bullshit? You know what I mean? Um, I feel like this one's not quite as cut and dry as a lot of them, uh, how are you feeling about it? Uh, ooh, I mean, obviously my instincts go straight towards um, someone in the house Yeah, was, yeah. you know, kicking shit, moving shit around, um, obviously. Though, I mean, there are kind of these spirits that are said to follow around people. So maybe that's what they were trying to test out when they had the three women in the like investigation, like the, the room to see if maybe it was tied to them. You would imagine that kind of the evaluation would take place like in the home, like controlled in the home to see if there was like noises coming from around and not just like from the, you know, so I should, I should say this for your statement here. I can't confirm that it wasn't in the home, but okay. From the sources, it kind of seems like, they're at the police station because Lena is technically still in custody. So would I guess if she was in custody, would they bring her back to the home to see if she was doing Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know if that really makes sense. I mean, it's it's possible they could have done it. 
uh, OJ. They brought him back to his house with the the jurors. Well, I mean, he he also is like a multimillionaire, and this is (laughs) (laughs) a fucking immigrant (laughs) grandma from Germany. So it's a little different. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard. I also let's see it. It, it it's hard to imagine. Um, obviously, there's the game of telephone. Uh, everything is you know blown up out of like compared to what it was back then. Maybe there was just like the stein fell off the counter and hit the floor. But after years of retelling, it went from in the sink to being flown across the room against the wall. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. There's always that too. The game of telephone with these paranormal stories is always a big factor. Um, I would go with the haunting. Probably wasn't as bad as the story now has it. Also, I would say it probably was human. Obviously behind yeah, it. Yeah. So um, the thing, I guess, if it was grandma, right at. Some for some retellings of the events that took place in the home from let's just say at least six people some cops, um, the family, friends, and uh, the, the daughter and the granddaughter, right? Yeah, they would all either, either Lena is a master at sleight of hand with throwing shit, right? Yeah. Or they would all have to continuously lie about what they're seeing. Do you know what I mean? So um, I'm not really sure how that would work. Like, yeah, it if they were all in on it together. Yeah. Well, like, obviously, they would have to be in on it together. Um, which included cops. So, I, I, you know, that's the weird part. Yeah. I mean, possibly... That cop who claims that the grandma kicked the table uh, or kicked the piano seat and did other things. Maybe he noticed her. Maybe he actually caught her in the act. And it just the story doesn't explain it like that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would assume. He told him that he um, saw her doing this. But it reminded me a lot of um, we I covered it on Bubba, but forever ago, it was like. Uh, the adopted girl and they were having poltergeist shit happening, like with cops seeing the poltergeist shit happening and they caught the little girl like moving something with her foot and then they ruled it as she was doing everything. Yeah, I think we talked a little bit about that during one of our poltergeist episodes. You you brought that up. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the two girls that were... The sisters that were super famous for doing this. The Fox sisters. Um, the Fox sisters. Were they during the 1800s or the 1900s? 1800s. They were during the 1800s. Okay. I wonder how much those cops might have known about the Fox sisters story. Um, obviously, if it happened decades beforehand, um, they wouldn't have been as famous as they were at the time. But I mean, I mean it would maybe possibly. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's not as if no one knows about this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone kind of everyone kind of expects charlatans right away, I suppose. True. So, okay, let's just say it was grandma, right? Yeah. What would you get? Would you kind of lean into the primary? 
belief that grandma could possibly be doing all this to scare the family into moving back to their home countries. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, Just wants to get out of there. I can't imagine, you know, if the, you can't, well, I don't know. Maybe the, the teenager, maybe she wasn't born in the United States. Um, She possibly could have gone back though. If your father is a, a, you know, an ambassador, I imagine he could pull some strings and have you stay. Or you're thinking, get them to willingly go back and not be forced back, probably. Well, the the in the timeline, the daughter had to have been born in Europe somewhere because uh, they moved here in 1959. The incident happened oh. in 1962. Daughter was 13. So. so they moved to the United States uh, in 59. 59, yep. But didn't move gotcha. into okay. Didn't move into this particular house until, until sixty two. Yes, where they gotcha. were living before that, I don't know. That makes sense that the grandma would want to go back home. Then um, she was very quick to accept that. Uh, <laughs> like you have ten days to leave the country. Okay, I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> yeah, like. Well, here's the thing. I mean, though. I I didn't do as much research obviously as you did, so yeah. I didn't. This is, Um, I will say, this story's like, there's maybe a few websites that talk about it. Um, It kind of seems to be one of those things that is not one of the big dogs, so you gotta kind of look in some pretty obscure places to find information about it. Yeah, a lot of retelling of the same story kind of situation. Yeah, Yeah. Um, obviously there's a book, The Poltergeist, um, but like... Unfortunately, guys, I don't have time to read a whole book to talk about a ghost story that could be completely, you know, just grandma doing stupid shit. I will say a poltergeist is a little I'm not an expert, obviously, but from what you hear, it's an entirely different situation. Um, Usually they start off small little things, kind of, you know, focus on one person. So... It doesn't sound like a poltergeist. Well, the, though I do believe this name poltergeist is German. Yes, so. it is. The thing that I yes. think when people say poltergeist, it's usually the, how would you say it? Like the force of the activity. Like if you think a ghost, like a regular ghost hunter, you're getting like a door shutting every once in a while or yeah. footsteps or some shit like that. Poltergeist is like chaos, like throwing shit, um, comes in really hot. And then just kind of dissipates. What's interesting about this too to think about. This is 1962. The big the big poltergeist stories haven't even happened yet. Enfield uh, haunting the. Um, God, what can I think of the other big one? Fuck. Well, the movie will come out in what like a decade and a half or something after this. It's yeah. yeah. It's during the yeah, I, 70s I, or 80s. Yeah. Um. But there's like a lot of the big name poltergeist stories don't happen for at least 20 years after this. So um, that's kind of interesting. I was I was wondering, do you think Spielberg, obviously Spielberg loves to make movies based on books. Um, I wonder if he took this guy's idea, Poltergeist, to make his movie. I kind of wondered that. Oh, I have no idea. Um, in my head, I'm trying to make little connections to it, but... There's three women in this house. That house had, what was it? 
mom, two dad. girls, a boy, a mom, and a dad. Yeah. Um, Hayden Fox from Coach was the <laughs> the dad <laughs> that I remember. Um, yeah, the I it the parallels just don't kind of match up. I mean, maybe he would have gotten the idea for making about poltergeist from this book that's what Um, i mean like the title okay like the title i guess the title yeah like he's like okay here's poltergeist let's have a haunted house yada 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 yeah i wonder before that movie how much of a known term poltergeist was because obviously afterwards it was huge yeah um yeah maybe more maybe uh only really germans knew you know, <laughs> from the old country. That could be. I mean, there's probably a lot of, you know, we've talked about 1800s ghosts and shit. Like they, they, I would assume more than likely they, they did not refer to it as a poltergeist at that time. Mm. But I don't know. So uh, kind of closing out here. Um, it's a wacky story. Wacky. Police are wacky. The family's wacky. Kind of everybody involved in the story is a little weird. Um, dumb shit is being said and done. You know, that's why it's a fun story to me personally. But I think you and I kind of both are on the side of it's more than likely probably at least grandma doing this for some particular reason. Yeah, I just can't believe that the cops would arrest an old lady during a schnitzel seizure. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Maybe they were pissed her, she wouldn't share. Potentially. Yeah. Schnitzel's pretty great. I don't know if you've ever had uh, oh, like yeah. authentic. It's, it's pretty oh, yeah. fucking good. Um, I went, I had a, uh, uh, it was like a pizza schnitzel and oh. it was, it was, it was pretty fucking bomb. Yeah. I gotta say. I have been craving a good German sausage and some sauerkraut. Um, mm. I love it. But, uh, but anyway, guys, um, I suppose we ought to get out of here. Uh, Phil, if anybody has had their own poltergeist activity, where can they contact us? Yeah, if you've had your own poltergeist or, you know, a good place to get some schnitzel, you can go to hit us up on our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from everybody, all of the words of encouragement, you know, the positives, the negatives, everything. Send them to us. You can also hit us up on our Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Same thing. The likes, the shares, everything. We love it. Uh, Cody's got his own Instagram account. What is that, Cody? You can follow me at Cody's Above. Uh, give me a follow. Give me a send me stuff, whatever you like to do. Uh, the last thing we ask you guys to do is log on to iTunes. Leave a show five-star review. doesn't particularly matter what you say. Just type something in the box. Hit five stars. Hit submit. You're all done. Thank you for taking the time to do that for us. If you're a Spotify listener, it's even simpler. Just hit five stars, hit submit. It's all you got to do. We love it. Thank you guys for doing that as well. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed a little weird ghost story on this Valentine's Day weekend. We'll see you guys next week. Happy Valentine's Day, you losers. (laughs) 